Hey everybody, welcome to the Taos Mountain Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Angela McCorse. We have a great episode today with two strong indigenous women, Patty Martison and Terry Badhan. They're sisters of over 40 years, they've been in Taos for over 30 years, and they've been creating long-lasting, meaningful impact in our Taos economy with Taos Community Economic Development Center. The organization has been able to stimulate our community's economy with its huge facility, its food center, the greenhouses, their youth programming through agricultural education. And it all started 30 years ago in the humble beginnings of the apple tree right there on Bench Street. It's a little office above the restaurant, but man, we're great things brewing. All right, everybody. Here it is, and I'm happy to have you. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Taos Mountain Lifestyle Podcast. This afternoon is a beautiful afternoon. It definitely warmed up, and the sun is shining. So as I ride my bike around and I stop wherever I'm at, I'm sweating it out. But I'm lucky enough to have made it to TCEDC on the south side of town, And I'm really happy because I found the founders, Patty Martison and Terry Badhand. And of course, these women were busy at work when I walked into the office. And I'm thankful that they're going to give me some time so we can get a history of TCDC, where these strong indigenous women come from and how they got to Taos. So I'm so thankful to have you ladies. How are you doing? We're doing well today. How are you? Hi, everybody. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for, like I said, taking this time because I know it takes a lot to head an organization, especially being the founders. So before we get into talking about TCDC, I want to check in with you ladies. How are you guys doing? Patty, what's happening? Oh, there's a lot happening right now. It's um, just about harvest time. The seasons are changing. I'm going to be a year older next week. (laughs) Congratulations. And we're also very busy with uh, Native American Food Sovereignty Alliance, which is a fairly new national organization that came out of some work that Terry and I have been doing all these years. Oh, my gosh. That is incredible. Work on top of work on top of work. You women are strong. It's very incredible. And how about you, Terry? How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good these days, having my challenges with family and, you know, trying to make it through these pretty hard times I would say not only just in the family but locally nationally globally it's it's just a pretty distressing time for all of us so I guess we have to stay strong everybody has to stay strong that's a beautiful outlook and that's why I keep praising you as strong indigenous women Uh, they definitely don't make them like they used to I feel honored to be in the presence of you women I mean all right I need to get it get to it because the Taos Community Economic Development Center is quite an incredible organization that's affected so many people here in the Taos County. A lot of young farmers and established farmers have found plenty of use through your programming. And I know that you've established a commercial kitchen here where folks can come and pay 15 bucks an hour to get their value added, created, and um, a legit kitchen so they can actually send it out to bigger markets like La Montanita Co-op or SIDS or even restaurants can carry it and not worry. So uh, I'm just really excited about how you guys are 
really supporting our Taos economy. And not only that, these grassroots efforts that are very meaningful for our small farmers as well as young entrepreneurs. Please, I would love to hear how it started and the inspiration behind it. And um, I guess I'll I'll let you ladies decide who wants to go first. (laughs) So we came to Taos 32 years ago formally, moved our both our families, dogs, kids, husband for Terry, from Denver Indian Center. Angelo, mm. I don't know if you know that part of our history. No, that's why I'm so happy to yeah. have it. And mm. we started Community Development Corporation that was called Denver Indian Center Development Corporation, or DICDC, um, specifically because the urban Indian community in Denver, which is huge. And as many of you know, Denver's a real crossroads for Indian country. So people were there from so many tribes and areas. And there had been an Indian center in downtown Denver that was actually in an old Jewish temple. Hmm. And at some point they decided to sell that and it became a real crisis. So through that crisis, and I think Terry and I would both agree that many of these movements, many of these these things that bring people together to start really working on alternative solutions, it almost always comes from a crisis. That's when we move. That's when we organize. That's when we gather our people around us and say, what can we do? This is wrong. So social justice work has been our our lives from the very beginning. And when the Indian Center closed, to make a longer story short, we were able to get a hold of a school, a sort of abandoned school in southwest Denver, and raise enough money uh, through our CDC to be able to completely renovate it, add a gym, which was a big deal, do neighborhood revitalization. Wow. And then senior housing, because our our indigenous seniors in that community who had been there for a long time, you know, a lot of people came through relocation, as well as coming for education, you know, jobs, etc. So in building that senior housing, we did it because they didn't want to be in the high rises that were being done then and wanted to be able to have their family with them. So we managed to build 48 units of senior housing and we made sure they had little patios and gardens. And that was actually something that had never been done. So we had a bunch of people from Taos Pueblo that uh, encountered the Indian Center, either coming up for recreation for powwows, you know, because they had family ties there. And they really wanted us to come down and do this for Taos Pueblo. So we actually still have, I still have in one of those drawers over there where you can barely see my desk. Um, <laughs> Covered I, in paperwork. I, I still have a letter signed by Governor Santana Romero in 1985. Wow. And then I'll let Terry continue because I'm starting to get hoarse already. <laughs> so, so to continue this very long story, making it short, we did move here. And we moved here with our families. And it was right around Sanji Day. All right. Uh, so we... Harvest season. Yes, we started with a major celebration. You know, my family, Howard, and uh, our family, we sing at a drum. So uh, we were real happy to be here during that time. And, 
And then we said, oh, uh, we need to continue this work, and it turns out that it didn't work out um, at the Pueblo because of change of administration and those kinds of things. So we were here with our families and everybody, wow. and no work. Okay. But at the same time, the Molly Core mine up here closed. Yes. And so uh, the paper, this is making a very long story short, they were looking for economic development and what they were going to do because people were losing their homes and their mm. businesses and their cars and... So Patty and I answered the ad in the paper looking for an economic development director for a Taos Business Council. Wow. And so this was a 19-member council that they had, 18 men and one woman uh, that was on this council. And so Patty and I made an offer that they couldn't refuse. That's my Italian coming out. <laughs> and said that the two of us would take this one job as an economic development director. We would split the small amount of money that they had, I think it was $12,000 at the time. Wow. And that, that we would each do, you know, X amount of hours, like 30 hours a week each. So that would have Whoa. been, so they got 60, 60 hours, hours for the, instead of 40. So, you know, we started right away, you know, um, trying to work that and changed it to a, a nonprofit because our experience in Denver uh, was with the Community Development Corporation and the um, authority and the uh, ability to move forward in projects, larger projects, and not just a, uh, a nonprofit like, you know, a small uh, organization. We wanted to be able to have assets and those kinds of things that the community could use. So we changed it from the Business Council to a 501c3 nice. uh, Community Development Corporation, which has its own charter, I guess, if you will, throughout, you know, the IRS and stuff. And then we went and begged Ford Foundation to, you know, come and, you know, give us some money to do a, you know, a house-to-house -house survey to see what was going on. And they wouldn't have any part of it at that time. <laughs> so it's the Levinson Foundation and really, God rest her soul, Helen Doors show from the Levinson Foundation. It's a family foundation. They gave TCDC the first grant. I think it was $15,000. Nice. And so we were able to set up in a tiny office, probably the size of Patty's little cubicle over there in the apple tree, the old apple tree. All right. I was up, wondering. Upstairs. Mm. And so from there, you know, we, we uh, got people from the community to go talk to people in their communities and see what it was that they needed and wanted done here. And then there was a whole study and the results from that, which is what informed our work and informed our mission, which was supporting the land, food, water, and the cultures of the peoples of Taos in northern New Mexico. Because the information that we got really showed people's um, tie to the land, land-based people. The fears that that showed were that you know young people were leaving and not coming back. Some of the older people were very concerned about that. So, you know, our job, we thought, was to try to figure out programs and projects that would assist income generation for families and keeping people here in the community or coming back to the community. That's a beautiful mission and vision. I'm so happy that you were able to establish yourselves here in Taos. And I love the humble beginnings of a small office at the top of um, the apple tree over on Bench Street. Because, I mean, that's like totally a little small office space. So at the, but great things were churning at the beginning. And now you're in this huge space over here on Bertha Street, complete with greenhouses, a commercial kitchen, a school attached to it, plenty of land to work for people to get their hands dirty and start growing some food. And I really appreciate that you guys... Um, made 
your complete effort to impact our Taos economy to create new jobs and opportunities for people because as you know in small rural towns that's really hard to come across great career paths and good job opportunities so I think it's a really awesome selfless endeavor especially what a great story that you guys you know started in Denver and had this huge organization going and then you come to small town Taos and uh, you get a really small office but man you really transformed it so that's really amazing. Um, I would love to hear some of um, major accomplishments from the humble beginnings of uh, TCDC over the last, what, like 32 years. It'll be 32 years of Sanji Day, really. All right. Yeah. Major accomplishments. Hmm. So I know that, you know, some people would talk about, you know, raising two and a half million, getting the six acres donated by Mel Weimer, being able to create a campus that would really focus on regeneration of a wonderful community food system that used to exist here. But I think what we think about every day in terms of major accomplishments, for instance, when somebody comes and takes our food sector class, which we've had you be a guest speaker at, and will again one of these times when you have time. But when somebody comes and takes that class, they make their first steps into the food center and you see them starting to smile and they stand up a little bit straighter. It's hard for them to believe that somebody would believe in their vision that salsa could change their world, but it happens. When we see um, having our, our garden regenerated this year, which you know has been down for about three years and you know we could feel hopeless about that or we could think, well, that's Nobody can talk about the accomplishment of, you know, that for the food center. And then we find somebody like Tiana Suazo, who had also interned and apprenticed here, and she's willing to come back. And then she finds five interns from Taos Pueblo, you know, and they come in every day smiling, laughing, and they work so hard because that whole garden area, that whole acre and a half out there, you know, was really rapidly returning to dirt and sage and see that they hand cleared that really and, you know, worked so hard, built those beds. And now there's food, you know, there's food coming out of there again. There's food in the food center. When people who have been part of any of our programs, when we first started the mobile Matanza, for instance, which some people would think that's a major accomplishment. But, you know, to us, you know, the thing that allows you to keep going forward and struggling and trying to keep something going that absolutely deserves investment. And the hardest thing uh, for us all these years has been that, you know, trying to convince funders it's worthwhile to find a way to help pay the people who do those programs. Over the years, we've had a lot of staff. That's another thing that, you know, you might not think is a major, major accomplishment, but I think to us it it really is. When the school was here and the kids were running around and Leaping Lizards was here, and now we see those kids who did their nursery school experience here and what kind of leaders they are in the community. It's, it's really amazing. Those things mean a lot. And with the Matanza, um, you know, sometimes that's hard. It's hard for people 
to accept, you know, that those animals will really make that sacrifice and you can't talk to them and ask them if it's okay. But when you see um, the ranchers and the humane way that, you know, that program works and when you see the beautiful meat hanging in the cooler and especially when you see those packages and by golly they have the usda label awesome so they can go anywhere and then the bison that we worked with a bunch of the pueblos you know with that usda label are able to have that healthy meat in their schools in their senior programs so those kind of things and just really literally to look somebody in the eyes and see them smile because of something that they did. We didn't do it. They did it. But we supported and loved them through and and scolded them <laughs> uh, through that process to their success. And our food center, Angelo, I think it's really important because people are interested and people have those visions and they have those foods, but they might be afraid. They might be afraid to try it. They might be afraid to come in here. Um, when they take that food sector class, it's taught by the regulators. It scares everybody. Mm-hmm. Every every session, somebody comes out and says, "Well, I'm never eating again," <laughs> <laughs> because of the the science and the and strict regulations. Very yeah. strict regulations. But when they can do that, you know, and they they hit their first market, we know that TCEDC has helped leverage them into that food business with very little money because there's a huge commercial kitchen that is very available. And I would encourage people, you know, if you have an idea, if you think you might have a deep connection to any food, um, you know, please bring it in and we'll do our best to get you where you need to go. I will. I really appreciate how humble you are when you talk about your major accomplishments. Because really, inspiration of each individual is a major accomplishment. Just to inspire somebody to act and to start a small business, to start farming, to know that there's a food center here that they can create commercial um, value-added goods. I think that's huge. So I know you're very humble about your major accomplishments, but don't worry. I'll tout them out there for you. <laughs> and what about you, Terry? How about you? What are some of your significant um, accomplishments or challenges that you've encountered while working? Well, I was listening to Patty, which she's my sister. You know, we're, we're related through a hunka ceremony, which is a ceremony in the Lakota tradition that be, formally makes you sisters. Since Patty and I met back in Denver at the Indian Center when the Indian Center was having that crisis, which is almost 40 years ago. And we've been sisters and working side by side since uh, in what people call a shared leadership. We didn't name that, but somebody else named that, probably some funder. Um, so I was just, I was listening to, you know, what Patty was saying, and she skipped over a, a whole area that was um, really pretty important here in Taos when we came, and that was the small business incubator that we did that was in the old Smith supermarket. Mm. It's now a gas station right beside the Smith supermarket. But that was... Um, probably one of our first major challenges here because as I had said with the uh, Molly Core mine closing you know there needed to be an avenue for people to develop their own small businesses since they had so much reliance on 
Molly Core and how many family members really benefited by the incomes that people made at the Molly Core mine. So, you know, we, when we were doing that, um, you know, people were coming, you know, from the Pueblo, everywhere, from off, out of their driveways, out of the kitchen, you know, into this, um, I think, how many, it was like a 19,000 square foot building and it was in bad shape but you know I have to I have to throw out kudos to um David Gomez because he also sang with our drum group and he came in and we said we have to do something so we started with one room at a time you know he renovated one room and we rented it to somebody and then we just moved on that way so it was some kind of a snowball um, that we did for that small business incubator. And I don't know what the numbers are now since I'm 65 now and I don't remember all those numbers. <laughs> but I think, you know, there's over, over, the, over, the, over the 15 years that, you know, we had that um, building, you know, there were several hundred small businesses that started, moved out and moved on their own. And we see several of them still around today. Wow. Um, you know, and that, that was, that's pretty amazing because, you know, there was very little, if any, kind of um, financial support to do that Uh, you know so we started off with that and we did all different kinds of businesses and we saw partnerships develop and we people brought their kids in and worked with them so it was just a you know it was a it was a nice it was a strenuous time for us because patty and i were the ones and continue to be the ones that write all the proposals i'm kind of losing it these days but (laughs) you know you still have to get out there and have that commitment and get the resources in there to do something you know, people expect people who don't have a lot of finances just to do something for nothing. And, and, and that, that has to change, you know, because the commitment is there, but you still have your family and your bills and things like that. So we're trying to, which is why we all, always called it um, income generation instead of jobs. People weren't working nine to five jobs because they had their responsibilities to their family or doings at the Pueblo or, you know, things that they had to do wood, you know, getting wood for the elders and things like that and those are all part of life so we tried to incorporate all that into our small business incubator way back when there and ran that for 15 years but I have to tell you one more thing because it wasn't um it wasn't easy actually Patty and one of our board of directors had to they had to get on a plane and go convince a little plane the Smith's Corporation to rent us that building for a dollar a year for 15 years so wow that's that's the kind of Uh, activism and not taking no for an answer that it takes to pull these things together and that's what 32 years ago you know and she's kind of afraid of little tiny planes like that but off they went to the smith's headquarters and salt lake city salt lake city and yeah so we ended up with a 15-year lease for a dollar a year and we're able to you know have people come in and business assistance and all that kind of stuff happen Wow. Talk about an economic generator for our community. That's huge. Yeah. And um, after that, um, when did you guys move into this big space you have here on Salazar? And just so our viewers know, can you give them the um, address so that way they know exactly where we're at? It's 1021 Salazar Road. It's on the corner of Bertha Road and Salazar. And we have been here 22 years. Nice. That's great. That's well, defi- we built it. So, you know, when we were in the incubator, the food, the business incubator, what people told us was there was this connection to the land and water and food. Mm-hmm. And that building wasn't, it wasn't sufficient. We could not do anything there. So we went about writing proposals, raised two and a half million dollars 
from a few different sources to build the facility that you're sitting in right now. So, you know, Mr. Mel Weimer donated the six acres of land and we went about getting the funds and, and building this whole facility to support the food center. Mm. That was the, you know, the rationale and the strategy was to have other community businesses, nonprofits in this 24,000 square foot facility to help support the food center and the costs that come about in running the food center. So that's how this little place, little place, this big place got started. Yeah, 24,000 square feet is huge. So just real quick, I would like to know what the components of this facility are um, so people know what kind of resources are in place here. TCEDC, since we built this campus, um, has had to shrink. We had to sell two of our buildings within the last two years, which is, was really painful. But it was also great because that allowed us, during that horrible recession that Tau still isn't over, there's a lot of talk that it's all wonderful now, but we know that's not true. Not here, not in most Native communities and not in a lot of rural communities of color around the nation. It's not true. It's not better. It was hard to bounce back from that time, especially when those communities were already in rough conditions before that happened. Having to do that, though, did allow us to pay off the mortgage. So now all of the community food system, this building, the food center, the Matanza program, the two greenhouses and the garden belong, which we vowed when we came here, that that would always belong to the community. And as a nonprofit, that is where ownership of TCEDC lies. That's beautiful. So you hear that? Technically, all you guys are shareholders. And so get over here and start weeding the gardens and get over here and start learning about the... Yeah, start learning about how you can help and, you know, what you can do. Because as you can see, there's so much to be done. This is a community organization. So come on over and check it out. Um, And we were really happy when we built this whole campus on the six acres and the 24,000 square feet. Because, you know, we had Rocky Mountain Youth Corps, for instance, was in here for 14 years. Leaping Lizards, you know, school and camp was in here for 15 years. So we feel that the organization was able to facilitate them in what they were doing. So you have that, what do you call it, ripple effect for, you know, what the community really needs. So Same thing with a lot of the businesses, you know, in the that came through the food center. As we go around in restaurants and towels in many places, we'll find somebody that says, oh, yeah, you know, when I took your class, blah, blah, I was able to do this, this, and this. And at last count, there were 16 restaurants in town that specifically began at TCEDC and a bunch of national businesses as well. Unfortunately, some of them, the minute that their product went big and national, regional, left towels for cheaper rent elsewhere because it's, as you know, it's it's difficult. And it's difficult because of our housing shortage, because of, you know, what I would really call overdevelopment in a place that doesn't really have enough water, for instance, to sustain all the things that are going on. But all in all, Taos is still a beautiful place. We understand why people want to be here, but we would hope that they might come a little bit more modestly in some cases.
and leave a smaller little footprint. <laughs> I know there's a lot of pressure for our town to grow, um, get big box stores come in here, multi-storied hotels. I know there's a lot of push from the town to get this place to become a huge uh, tourist destination. And every, there's a lot of people that are scared about that because what that's going to eventually do is just completely change the whole face and the whole image of our small town, which we value the land, we value the people, we value the community. Not to say that we don't acknowledge this is a tourist-dominant economy, and that's where we get all of most of our dollars during the influx of um, vacation seasons and tourist seasons. But at the same time, I do believe that we ought to focus in on our community and we ought to build our people up here so that way we don't have that brain drain, as they call it, where young people who are come here have potential, young entrepreneurs, they want to create a business, but then they find it's a really high rent. You know, their income is only seasonal because we're a tourist economy. They also see that even just to live, cost of living is super expensive in the area. And so what I really appreciate that TCEDC does for our community is it offers a lot of services and a lot of opportunities to make it easier for these smaller businesses to get a foothold in the business world. So I'm just curious, can you tell me a few of the uh, offerings as far as like the um, food um, class we were talking about earlier and um, maybe some other programming that's active uh, that people can come check out and come participate in. Well, you know, I mean, over the years we have had several renditions of different classes and things that, you know, were helpful to not only the young people, but those that are involved in keeping and taking care of their land. You know, the food sector opportunity program that Patty was talking about, you know, that was a program that we developed, oh my gosh, t- I think we're on our forty-first class coming up in October. And what we had done was, you know, that class is offered twice a year, but it's a week-long class, and it was um, developed by us by really enticing the, I guess, the regulators to come help teach, so that people wouldn't be blindsided on the different yes. kinds of food safety Smart. and regulations that uh, so that cool. go on. But we always started the class with the history and culture of food. No matter if people came from all over the country to take this class or if they were from here with some of the new people that moved in. So that, we always start the, um, the whole week with that history and culture of food. And then we take the people all the way through, everywhere from their idea and recipes and idea for food business, how they're going to connect to growing, how they're going to support the local Local growers by using the ingredients um, in their products all the way to the end. And at the end, there's a little graduation, you know, for families because some people, you know, didn't have graduations when they, you know, and we've had what, 10 years old was the youngest and I think 87 87 was the oldest. All Um, right. About 25 average people in the class. We've had a lot of uh, groups from um, some of our native communities around the nation come and take the class so that they can do something like that in their community or on their reservation. We've had, we had the Southern Women Black Southern Black Women's Cooperative come and, you know, learn and see what we were doing. And then they went back and did a whole food um, uh, food center and commercial kitchen themselves. So, you know, you you know, you, you'd like to think that what you're doing is at least replicable to however people want to do it in their community or helpful. You know, that's kind of where we're at. That's just the food sector class. 
Totally. I also know that there's plenty of uh, opportunities to come and volunteer in the garden space that you have. Um, and Tiana Suazo and I believe Daniel Martinez are overseeing the growing in there. Um, is it possible for people to drop in and come and pick some weeds? It's always possible for people to help with that, with the land and the garden and the weeds. Under the direction of our great garden coordinator and another thing that people could do. I I have actually a direct request for some help. Can I say that? Oh, yes, please. Okay. So the season is coming when our meat producers are going to be really struggling. And I hear that, you know, people are feeling like they have to reduce that. And that is part of our culture. And that is part of our tradition. And I need somebody who can help us to get our Matanza running again. I'm looking for a mechanic or two. I'm also looking uh, for enough money to get new tires on the rig itself. It's been sitting there for a while, and I need a one of those mechanical geniuses to just come and tinker around and let us know exactly what we need to do to look at 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 bringing back that program. And those are some very specific things. We need enough money to buy tires, and we need a mechanic to tell us how's the generator, how's the water system in there. So those kind of things would be really, really helpful. We do some classes that we still continue to do that are really more celebrations. And one of those is that we have been able to bring back our Taos Pueblo Seniors Healthy Eating class. And they really do like to come out. They have a brand new, wonderful um, senior center. They have a kitchen. They have cooks. They have all those things. But to also be able to come over and eat some food out of this garden and um, visit and share lunch and be in that big commercial kitchen where they're allowed to put their hands in, chop some vegetables and help put things together. And as always with all of our programs, we learn as much as we could possibly ever teach, and especially from our elders and also from our, from our children. So our kids' cooking camps are something that we'd like to bring back. Uh, some other people in the community have picked up some of those programs from the years that TCEDC did them. This year we really hope to have... Uh, specific food preservation class again. Uh, that's something that we feel is really important because some of us have lost some of the traditions of how you take that food that you've worked so hard and, you know, the little rain's finally blessed enough to, to make food and keep them for the winter so that your family will be able to eat good healthy food and you know make it through the the hard times of of winter so we like to do that we like to bring in again those people with indigenous knowledge from kind of the two major cultures here in drying and canning and freezing and whatever it takes you know so that people have a larder to help themselves and often still their neighbors
I'm so happy to hear that because uh, it's been a common theme over the past few podcasting guests where preservation is something that's come up because it is harvest season. There is an abundance of food out there and everybody's relearning and wondering how to put it all away. How are we going to do it? And, you know, preservation is almost a lost art because not everybody's dependent on the stores. It's easy to just get in the car and go down to Smith's or your, your local grocery store and pick up what you need for dinner that night. People aren't planned out like our ancestors used to be where they knew exactly what they were eating over the winter months because they had worked so hard to preserve all of it, dry all of it. So I'm really happy that you're looking to get these uh, preservation classes going and get all these people in here to continue that art so we don't lose it. Um, do you have anything to add, Terry? Hmm. <laughs> yes, we could use more people. As I had said when we started, you know, I've kind of, it's been 32 years for TCDC and I've kind of taken a step back to take care of my family. My mom is 92 and, you know, my I have six grandkids and four kids and everybody's every which way but loose. So I've kind of stepped back a little bit. So Patty really needs some more help because she's still here five days a week, 70 hours a week doing this work. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of it's it's a work that requires commitment It's definitely needed. We'd love to see, you know, younger people coming on. We're so happy with Tiana and Mercedes and the people that are here, Ruth, that are here and working with us and helping us. But uh, we, we really need some more help if we're going to continue on, you know, to address the needs of the community. And so, yeah, as I know, uh, it's amazing that. Yeah, you guys have been keeping that fire going for so long. All right. How lovely is that to hear all about the TCEDC campus and what is here, what kind of opportunities are offered by this facility to all of our community. And so I'm happy to hear about its roots, very humble beginnings. You guys have created an incredible organization here, and I can't wait to see what the next generation of help is going to look like to come in. So enough about TCEDC. I want to know a little bit more about you ladies and uh, what the Taos Mountain Lifestyle means to you. So first of all, I'd just like to know, what what do you like to do, Patty, for fun whenever you're not in the office? Because I know when you're in here so much, you ha- must have an escape. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what I did this winter. I went bowling and I forced Terry to join a mixed doubles bowling league. Um <laughs> at gutters because then it's something you have to do every Wednesday night at 6.30. You have to be there. And Terry had never really bowled in her life. (laughs) And I said, no, you're doing this because there's too much pressure everywhere and we're just going to go throw something safely. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's really fun. And I really really did enjoy it. So I think we're going to do it again this fall just to be sure that you get out of the house and that you get out of the office and, you know, meetings can be arranged on the other evenings because with this work, you know, in order to really kind of stay involved with the community, it's important that you occasionally hang around half the night. But, you know, at this point, I'd like to give a shout out to all of the board members that TCEDC has had. I was thinking about that 32 years you know, we've had a lot of amazing people um, that sit on our board of directors and, and we're always looking for especially real engaged youth and the wisdom of our indigenous elders particularly. Um, Taos Pueblo 
appoints somebody to our board every year, the town of Taos and the county of Taos. We have three designated seats and four at-large seats, and we like to save one for a youth board member. Hint, hint. <laughs> All right, I get it, I get it. And uh, definitely, I am not opposed to um, serving on a board of such a great organization. And, you know, I'd be love to be that youth voice. I'm actually honored for that hint. But uh, how about you? What's happening with you, Terry? What do you like to do? I know that you're down to two days a week here in the office. So beyond all the family that you're taking care of, your elderly you know, folks, um, how do you, what's your escape in the Taos area? Well, I'm kind of an outdoor person, and yes, Patty did talk me into bowling, and I actually enjoyed it, and I got pretty good. I was over 100 at all three games <laughs> toward the end of the little season there. That's but what I'm, sisters are for, huh? <laughs> but, but I'm really, you know, I grew up in uh, Boston, Massachusetts, and I spent, you know, most of my time in the, you know, mountains and over by the ocean and things like that. So I'm really an outdoor person. So here in Taos, it's beautiful. The seasons are beautiful. I like to hike. I like to walk. Um, I ride my bike, or I used to ride it a lot more often. So I'm really happy that you ride your bike around. It's a little dangerous now, more dangerous than it was 25 years ago. But uh, so I really like to be outside, um, you know. And then I have my first garden that actually Ooh. produced anything this year, <laughs> which was something that I was allowed to do because I was home, kind of keeping yes. track of my mom and stuff. So I actually have corn, beans, and squash coming. And then Howard, I got him to plant melons. I don't know if they're going to do much, but <laughs> we're working on it. So, I, you know, most of the time I just like to be outside. I like all the elements, and I love the, the seasons here. And really fall, we're coming into my favorite season of all time. So And winter. So that, Patty and I are really different in some totally. things. You know, yeah. She likes, uh, you know, the warmth and the heat in the summer, and I just like the fall and the winter, and I can do the spring, but summer's not my cup of tea. (laughs) (laughs) Another thing that I I really enjoy and always have um, is doing things with children. So when my grandkids were smaller and they've been living with me, that my son's family and my son and daughter-in-law for, I think, 17 years so for a big part of their childhood um, you know one of my favorite things has always been and and you know really this last few years I've been hampered in in that activity but I like to just throw them in the car with some peanut butter sandwiches or whatever and go explore Um, some of our favorite places you know are up around Red River where thinking of Molly Cormine, that did come to my mind that my granddaughter Aaliyah was, I think, three years old when the first time she really, you know, paid attention. We were driving up that Red River and she looked at that mountain and she, Grammy, why'd they crunch that mountain up? And that really hit me hard. It Mm. really did. And so, you know, anything that, that people do that's simple and sweet and I'm very spontaneous so a lot of what I do in Taos isn't necessarily regular it's just whatever hits me at the moment or whatever's going on all right all right that's really awesome there's plenty of things to do in Taos and I'm happy you gave us just an idea of some of the things you ladies like to get involved in um, I know you're always uh, working and 
takes some energy to get all that work done. So where do you ladies like to go grab a bite to eat? Or are you cooking at home? Because I know family life, you know, that's a popular answer is, you know, everybody's always cooking at home. And if you do, where do you get your good food? That's a good question. Again, it was really nice to have access to that local healthy meat because I'm a Plains girl. You know, I I grew up that way and, you know, I love fruit. This year's great for fruit. Been nibbling on some things. Um haven't haven't been up in the on a hike to eat those little tiny strawberries that grow mm. in the trail. So that's that's a wonderful thing to do and that's a food that's really amazing and invigorating to the point where when I hike up there and see those little tiny things on the trail I just kind of crawl so I can be sure that I don't miss any raspberries (laughs) Um, you know the the vegetables that I really love are exactly that three sisters garden Mm. that's what I like to cook and prepare I also really enjoy baking Terry always likes to talk about my patty cakes you know for years I did everybody's birthday cake. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> yeah, and you know, food is just wonderful. We tend to when we go out to eat and we we do go to lunch. Sure. You know, yeah. several times a week. Sure. At three o'clock. At, yeah. <laughs> often you'll see it you'll see the so out to lunch. Open, we're not coming. Yeah. <laughs> we tend to do the family places. You know, it's awesome. It's we true. do we do Talsanyo. We nice. you know occasionally get up north. Um, I love Bear Claw Restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony Archuleta is yeah. a great chef. Yeah, <laughs> and when we did uh, when we had the initial meeting and we formed Slow Food Turtle Island, which is an international association. I was there. <laughs> yeah, and we had that meeting here and, and our big finale. We had some fantastic food. We had chikewe for breakfast and atole and, you know, all, all kinds of local food that most of the people who were here from around the country really hadn't experienced. So we have some new green chili addicts floating <laughs> around San Francisco and New York, you know, and from many of the the tribes around the area, but the big finale was um, asking Anthony, just give us indigenous food. I know that he went to Red Willow, I know that he grows some. He found everything, including the bison, and he put on such a fantastic spread. And then, you know, within, that was several years ago, and now a lot of what you see in terms of indigenous food and indigenous chefs and decolonizing your diet and all those kind of things maybe we were a tiny part of that you know with the beginning with uh, you know really reaching out nationally and saying hey you know if you love food you want to find healthy food you want to know some food traditions that will really nourish you you know come to Taos and let's make this international association just for fun Wow. Heck yeah. That's great, man. There's always something with you ladies. I'm super impressed. Always. How about you, Terry? What are some of your favorite bites? Well, you know, we, since we sent, we tend to do almost things together, you know, so you know, like Patty said, Tausenio, we do like a five-star burger cause it's close and yeah. we can get there and back is within an hour. And, <laughs> and then, you know, 
we we missed the station. We mm, used to like the station. That was a good spot. Um, of course, the Bear Claw, uh, Trading Post. Um, Splurging <laughs> salad. Yeah. Splurging on um, Trading Post. And, and often, yes, Patty and I do, we, we order one thing and split it. Because, oh, cool. You know, sometimes they give you just much too much food and it costs much too much money. <laughs> um, you know, and it, it's hard to, you know, we, we try to really go to all the restaurants at some point just to you know see what they're doing if they have a connection with somebody in the food center if they need something that one of the businesses are here or if they're you know getting produce or whatever ingredients maybe we can connect them so even though we're enjoying our lunch we're usually networking and working oh man that's the <laughs> way to that's the way to be i mean that's you just know, we're a... usually trying to scope it out and see well in the peruvian restaurant oh, and yeah. you know so we we try to hit them all and see what they're what they're up to and and we'll just see how it goes <laughs> nice and you know it is kind of tough because there's a limited selection of food in the taos area um especially around here when you want to get um slower food that's not mm-hmm. fast and it's healthy so you'll feel good and won't be weighed down after lunch um so it's cool i'm happy you threw out some names and you know give our audience some places to go check out uh that's close uh, to the south side of town and so um i'm gonna move on to uh some shout outs now because i know there's so many hands involved in this beyond the founders you ladies and all the hard work you're putting in so um what are some of those hands that are making the uh, load a little lighter i know you ladies are carrying the yoke but i'm sure you get a push here and there Well, we have to shout out, number one, to our attorney, Scott Sanger, who has been with us since we started TCDC way back when and had to work with because we brought, uh, in order to form the CDC, which is was novel in New Mexico, you know, we and still is. uh, (laughs) But Scott Sanger has been with us for these many years. And, you know, there's been a lot of legal technicalities that we've had to address, not only through. Um, the anti-donation clause in the state of New Mexico and some of our federal programs and, you know, having land and having these assets and all these, you know, legal descriptions, you know, he has just been really a, a kind of a partner with us all this time. So I have to shout out to Scott Sanger. Awesome. That's exactly what we're looking for. And I have to say a big hug and shout out to Richard Archuleta. Awesome. He's one of the people who actually brought us to Taos. He had a vision. He had a vision for that kind of community development that works with grassroots people. Um, You know, he's been on and off our board and president of our board, but he's always there to support um, Terry and I and our ideas. Uh, Henrietta Gomez is another person that I think is just absolutely amazing. A beautiful tribal elder. Yeah, and uh, our very first mayor when we were here was Mayor Eloy Gentet. And as a political person who's now a real beloved senior in our community, he was, I would have to say, the first of the local officials who absolutely believed in TCEDC, in our vision, along with his wife, Mary Jen Tett. They're extremely special people. 
those are well, a few great shout outs um and those are really important components to this uh, whole organization i can imagine lawyers super important tribal allies from taos pueblo are incredible and richard archuleta is just an awesome dude he has his he's a man wearing many hats and so i'm really excited to actually try to get him on this podcast so he can give us some true Taos Pueblo flavor and, you know, show us what our current tribal leaders are really involved in and in the community of Taos Pueblo these days. So great shout outs. And and the old mayor who, you know, really supported TCEDC, Mr. Gentet, that's really awesome. And it's actually cool to see him becoming uh, a beloved elder in our Taos community. So that's really cool. Well, I have to do one more and she'll represent a whole lot of young, especially women in this community that, you know, have become our little sisters. And that's Jolene Montoya at Bridges. Jolene came to us many years ago, really right after she got back from university. Uh, She was on our board for a while and, and, you know, really became a a part of TCEDC and her passion was uh, her culture and and education so I don't even know how many hundreds of people she's gotten into excellent schools I just love her and adore her and her work I know there's a million and one people that deserve a shout out but when you're on the spot it's really hard to uh, think of everybody but don't worry that's why we're gonna you ladies I'm hoping to have you on multiple times because there's always going to be new updates Um, new opportunities, and also a need for help throughout the weeks to come. I would also like to encourage our listeners to engage with TCEDC and um, how can we contact you and um, what number can we call? How can we get a hold of you to find out about these opportunities, these classes, and how we can help? Great. Often the first person, the first contact person is Ruth Gonzalez, and she loves to hook people up. She likes to visit with you. She's another senior woman in the office. Mercedes Rodriguez actually runs that ship from the front desk. Our phone number is 575-758-8731. Like I said, we're at the corner of Bertha and Salazar. When you see our water sprite, which is a really cool statue that was donated by the Ted Ecri estate, and we had a cool little celebration and unveiling of that statue, you know, and that's kind of the point where you see and then those big double doors to the east, you know, just come on in. All right. That's really cool. I know Ted Egri is a heavy hitter in the art community, so it's actually really significant that he's donated a piece to TCEDC. Definitely come check them out. You heard the phone number. They're always open for visitors. And of course, you're going to have to get through the wonderful ladies at the front desk if you want to talk to the founders, if they have time. But I'm sure that they always make it just like they did for me today, if you have um, something to offer and, you know, um, some help to give. So definitely, I, I thank you ladies for your time. And this has been really great. And I just want to give you one last opportunity to say anything to the community or uh, also put out a word for um, any additional help you're looking for one more time. But Well, I would just like to thank you for thinking of us and, you know, for your engagement with TCEDC in the last few years. Um, I hope one day you'll, you'll think about 
getting reengaged with nonprofits. Oh, okay, just a quick note. I definitely did uh, some nonprofit work for a few years straight out of college, and I got work down to the bone. And of course, nonprofit world, it's amazing. You help a lot of people, create a lot of opportunities for folks, but unfortunately, it's grant funded, so it can end up being a cutthroat world when you're competing with your, you know, really fellow community members who are trying to do similar things. But I have grown over the last five years, <laughs> and I'm open to more nonprofit work. Right. And really, you know, it's that's what it's about. Community service, that's yes. what it's all about. Yeah. And community service often needs. A focal point. It needs a facility. It needs those people who are are willing, you know, to just listen to what the community wants and needs and then do your best to help provide it. Just a thank you to you for this opportunity to share. I figured that was chapter one and two, so we <laughs> look forward to coming back and speaking with you. After 30-some-odd years, there's a bunch of little vignettes that I thought of during this time that we didn't have time for, but we'll share some more. We'll get to them. That's great. Well, heck, yeah. Thank you so much, ladies. Thanks. Thank you. Okay. All right. We did okay. it. Okay.